can't believe it. We're back. And we're live and in the studio and in person. It's been uh it's been a moment. It it's been a while, Chris, and it feels so good. It feels great and I also enjoyed the amount of people that were like, What is going on? When are you guys coming back? I know. I need my fix. I need that inject it right into my veins. Give me that snuff talk. Give me that audio fix. And it, to be honest, I felt the same way. I needed that snarf talk fix. Yeah. Chris and I are in the same boat. We need that fix. We need that snarf talk in our life. Yeah. This is what we do. This is like literally a weekly thing that we do, and we haven't been able to do it in a long time. And we apologize. Um, but I'll be up front. And before we get to that, we're back. Yeah. Weekly schedule going forward. So don't, you know, we're... We're, uh, the consistency is back. It is. Weekly, usually every Thursday. I mean. Yeah, I mean, the day might change, but. I mean, normally we're every Thursday. Sometimes it happens Friday. Sometimes it happen, happens Saturday, whatever. But the podcast but, always gets released on to Monday. Monday. Monday morning, our uh, audio recording is always released, and that is what's going to happen regularly from now on. Um our video recording will be sometime between Thursday and Saturday, like we've always done. Um, the We've been off for like, f- what was it, four weeks? Four five weeks. weeks. About four weeks, yeah. Um, so, elephant in the room, just like uh, happened last year uh, with Chris, has happened with me, and my mother passed away this last uh, three weeks. It was very su- sudden. Um, it wasn't something that we expected. She had an issue before 4th of July um, that we found out with cancer, and she had some serious surgeries coming up that we thought she was going to like make it through, um, but she didn't. So we had to deal with that, and it was something that was uh, like nothing that we ever expected. Um we didn't assume that the worst was going to happen. We were always very uh, bright and positive about the situation because it wasn't anything that the doctors told us we should fear, but it was something her body couldn't handle um, during the surgeries and she ended up passing away. So um, my family dealt with that and it took a while to get through because it was, um, Sudden. I mean, it was very, very sudden. It wasn't anything that... Right, it's just the world getting turned on its head Yeah, immediately, like right now. That's exactly what happened. It was literally on its head. July 2nd, we found out that my mom had cancer in her kidney and um, and a tumor that went up to her heart. Um, but it wasn't anything that we dealt with in her life. Like, it wasn't... She didn't have any symptoms. She had no problems whatsoever um and then she had to have a series of uh surgeries like a big open heart surgery that she ended up making it through but uh the segment of medical processes from there on out um she didn't make it through so we had to deal with that um and that's why we were gone for so long so now that that's done and taken care of which is sad, and we were all very sad about it, but life has to continue, and Snarf Talk will always continue because this is part of Chris and I's life. 
Yeah. And this is what we do. And my mom would never want it to stop just as Chris's dad would never want it to stop during the situation that he dealt with last uh, summer. So we are going to continue Snarf Talk and that's what we do. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a, it's, it's a much needed break because as much as we enjoy doing it and we do and love it and missed it, it is also a, a work. It's work. It's right. a burden, not a burden in the sense of, you know, it, it's something that you have to think about in the back of your mind. And that it's just not a time when you can afford to think about other things. And, and we have to plan it, right? Yeah. So you, you plan out when you do these type of things and snarf talk, like, you know, it, it is somewhat of a pastime for our lives and your life. Um, it is so also something that we have to plan out in our lives, but our lives don't stop, you know, and like real life always continues. So we have to deal with those first. And I, I apologize. Like we've always wanted to continue snarf talk every single week of our lives. And we've done it very, very successfully for the last two to three years. Yeah. I mean, but we've had breaks before, so it's not the end of the world. Everybody will get back to it isn't. And grind. this is the longest break we've had. And it's something we never expected to happen, obviously, because like I said, this is something that we never expected to happen in my entire life. So um, it did. We're through it now. And now we continue Snarf Talk like normal. So uh, this is a new week. This is episode 135, 135 episodes of Snarf Talk. I know. It's crazy. And we're back in it. Um I don't even know where we. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know where it, we. It's start. hard. It, it's it is hard. It's difficult when you face something like that. Um, not the situation, but I mean, just face the long absence because it's not like you forget how to do it, but no, you but get in a role. You know, you get in a groove. Every week we were talking about something, and now since we've missed so many weeks, it's like, like entertainment news never stops, <laughs> right? And there are so many things that are thrown out in front of us. That now we need to talk about. Or and, we won't get to. But <laughs> And everybody says, like, you guys talk for two hours, man. You can cover a lot of talk. Not I'm really. Tommy Chong. <laughs> hey, man, I'm Tommy Chong. You talk about so many things. That was pretty good, actually. I thought it was. I think we should reach out to Tommy and see if we can get him on the air. He thinks, hey, man, I'm Tommy Chong reincarnated. But he's still alive, so I guess that's not I think he's right. Alive, yeah. He's still alive, so I'm wrong. But I'd talk like this if he was on our show. If you guys are watching live, I know there's a little bit of a delay. Will you just uh, make a comment or something? Because I just want to make sure everything's working. Again, like I said, we haven't done this in a while. I see Nolan had a couple, but I just want to make sure everything's working. We don't, yes, we we have we had new equipment right before we, the break. And then I and then we well, have more new equipment now. I got a new iPad. He did comment and he said, "Woohoo! I'm it's fate. I'm wearing your merch." It was right at the beginning. I just want to make sure nothing okay like happened. All but right. just just throw out a comment. Let us know you're listening. Um, and also, hey, holla if you are listening, holla at your boy. If you are listening, um, we're like baby infants now. We're like little <laughs> tiny baby. Infants. I'm your little baby infant. Hi, I'm little baby Jerry Snyder. Please cuddle me in your arms. Yeah. Give us, give us content recommendations. Can I suckle on your titty? Give us ideas, <laughs> please. Please, let me suckle on your breast. Feed us ideas out of your bosom. I want 
to feed off your bosoms. <laughs> no, but we could use some suggestions. <laughs> Get back in the groove here. Uh, Jay is here. Oh, he said, what are you drinking? Jerry is drinking a bush, bush light. latte. Yeah, bush light. Um, Lisa's here. Courtney's here. Lisa's Gerald here. Gerald is an animal. <laughs> of course. Erica's here. Hey, I did FaceTime the other night uh, with Erica and Erica's mom and Nicole from really? Top Golf Wednesday night. We were... Was this a medical thing? Because yeah. I feel like if... Yes, yeah. Actually... Um, if Erica's mom's involved... It's so I went medical. to Erica's mom. She's a physician or PA doctor. I don't know what uh-huh. you call it. Yeah. I went to her. Uh-huh. I had, was having... You know, I just got a routine blood work, physical. Okay. And her prescription for me was... Off. Party wow. time. Oh, boy. It was to party. <laughs> so we immediately left. I got Marley and some other people's, and we went up to Top Golf and we partied. That was her prescription. Well, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. Can I get that prescription? <laughs> you just got to go to the Mazan Medical Office. I do. I do. She <laughs> prescribes me my things. She de- Well, my prescription, based on my blood work. More cowbell. Was more cowbell and more party. Wow. <laughs> so that's what we did. No, we, uh, we, we all attended a work function. She's involved right now. She just commented, <laughs> yep, no, <laughs> she said. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. That's probably like a bad. Uh... Yep, no. <laughs> No, but uh, more partying. It was okay. A, it was a it was a work uh, function that we were attending. Top golf. How'd you do? Really well. Really. So we had the bunker crop classic, which we haven't been on the air since then, right? No, we haven't. I didn't get to participate, but I was at a golf outing today. Yeah, actually, and it was phenomenal. Gosh, I haven't golfed in a long time, and it was so good. <laughs> it was worth the wait to hear Jerry say in a Mary Poppins voice, "Suckle on your feet, suck, please, <laughs> sir, please, Can sir." You s- can I suckle on your barestuses? May I have some more? May I have some more of your milk? Um, what were we talking about? Bunker Crop Classic. Um, yeah, so I started there. Okay, I, I haven't picked up a golf club in two years. Disgusting. I was on fire. Doubt it. Literally the best I've ever golfed. And I'm like, this must be some kind of a fluke. Right? It is. Yep, you're right. Clearly. Clearly. So we yeah. go to Top Golf and just every ball. Murdered. Back fence, straight as an arrow. No, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, prove it. I rocked. I won. I mean, it's not hard to win at Top Golf. Well, I Did won. you win at Real Golf? Uh, no, our team did not win. Because it was a scramble, right? Mm. I, I did my best to prop them up, but I'm only one man, Jerry. <sighs> I mean, one man usually props up the whole team. Like what? today, Keith, I tell you what. He's our, a gol- yeah, but he's a golfer. Toilet bowl winner keith right like he cannot win at snarf madness no and he, he not possible he's so competitive that he wouldn't even compete this year right and then, handle it then we get out in the golf course today i was like who is this man i said you can't possibly be the same man that i saw just destroy our snarf madness competition in the way of horribleness oh, yeah you know like being an awful human being and he looked at me in the eyes, and he said, listen, hey. He's like, look at me. Look at this. He said, I'm a new man. I've learned from my terribleness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be something new. <laughs> I was like, you're going to be something new? He said, listen, I want to be a new man, and I want to represent Mazan, because I'm Mr. Mazan, because yeah. he has license plates that say Mazan on them. Yeah. And I was like, if you're gonna be Mr. Mazan, you gotta you gotta hold me up on your big broad shoulders. And did he? And he did. Did you win? I have no idea. 
Um, it was a scramble. So I don't know if we won or not. But I tell you what, I I I, I tell you what, Chris, the the bombs that he was hitting off that driver, dropping bombs, something I've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, Lisa said Keith couldn't take the terrible, terrible comments from you guys after Snarf Madness. He couldn't hold up to it, but when he looked at me in the eyes and he grabbed my 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 big strong shoulders, yeah, because I have them. Um, he grabbed me, and I and I felt it. I felt it from his soul, <laughs> where he really did regret the the I don't know, like the terribleness that he. <laughs> pursued like he put on everyone like everyone in our community in the snarf talk community he just poured out this terribleness you know yeah that that we all felt because of you know he's just so bad at the competition um and today i really feel like he regained a little bit he redeemed himself yeah it just was amazing like i could feel it out of his being he like poured it into me and then he was just dropping bombs on the golf course. And he's like, he kept pointing to the sky saying, this is for snarf talk. Oh, wow. And I was like, Whoa, yeah. this means something. And then he'd look at me straight in the eyes that a, a real man would do. Not somebody that would be a toilet bowl champion. Yeah. Champion. Like nobody would ever look me, <laughs> me snarf talk, you know, like the SN of snarf. You wouldn't look me in the eyes if you were that bad, you know, of a person, which he is. Um, but he's not anymore. No, we're totally he's redeemed. really redeemed himself, and I appreciate everything he's done. There you go today on the golf course. So honestly, I'd I'd take that golf or that toilet bowl back from him. Oh wow, I would. I it's mean, got his name on it though. So yeah, no, he'll keep it just as a remembrance of how bad oh, metaphorically he once back. was like as he once was. Right. But I told him, I was like, Hey man, you done something today. You and me, we done something. So he's a guy that I know. <laughs> um, great. Well, that sounds like a lot of so fun. So that's a thing that happened today. We played golf. It was fun. Yeah. I met Mike and Jim. Oh, they're, I bet they're awesome. Yeah. They're guys. Those are great names. They're good guys. <laughs> they're good guys. Yeah. Um, anything else before we dive into some news? Um, yeah, real quick. Um, no, I don't have anything. Really? That up. Yeah, I made that up. Okay. Well, do you got any news for us? Oh, yeah, Lisa, I don't want the toilet bowl trophy back. He can keep the tro- toilet bowl trophy, believe me, because, um, he earned it. <laughs> he earned it, but today he did a good work. Yes, I do have some news. Um, you're not a big fan of this TV show. Oh, really? Dexter. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I, I liked the first several seasons. I just feel like, how many seasons were there? Maybe five? Um, I think there was five, yes. Um, it just really fell off in like the last couple seasons. I, I would agree. To the point where it was like almost unwatchable. Uh, to be honest, like the last season wasn't the best. Right. But then again... Neither was Game of Thrones. You know? Yeah, no. that Yeah, but it went for a lot longer and it had more highs. But yeah, I agree. So I liked the beginning and I liked the premise. I really liked the season that had John Lithgow in it. Oh, my gosh. That was great. That was so good. He is a, an amazing actor. Yeah, he's great. I want him to be like another dad of mine. Really? 
just feel like he would hug really well. Are you, it's just all based off like Third Rock from the Sun? Yes. Yeah, okay. Just because he was really fun and goofy? Have you ever felt like you wanted a really good hug from a guy? <laughs> I can't say that I've like, <laughs> I've thought about that directly. No. No? No, I've never, I don't think I've ever had, I'm not saying, I, I'm not, I'm not opposed to hugging. I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. Big I like time. to hug, especially you, if I've had a few cocktails. However, I've listen, never thought, like I've never sat there and thought okay. like, man, I could really use a hug from a guy <laughs> specifically. I, I get it. I understand that. But do you ever just, it's weird. It's weird to feel this way. Okay. But do you ever feel like a child? Um, I've, I never I feel like f- a child. I do. Sometimes I will feel in my early twenties. That's, that's the lowest I go. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Like you never feel like you want to be a little baby child? Um, no. I just like <laughs> like just get rid of like you adultness. Know, one time. One if I if I ever had the occasion to take a bath. <laughs> That's so dirty. Like a warm bath? Oh god. That reverts so you to just, childhood a little bit, right? It does. But but do you feel like you ever want to be a baby child like where be you cradled? Want, and be cradled and have no, no. absolutely no, like. I, I want to know what you're driving this point towards. I'll tell you. Okay. Hang on. I'm, I'm telling you. Hang on. Okay. Like the, the situation where you just want absolutely no responsibility ever in your life. Mm-hmm. And you want nobody to look at you. And you just want to be looked at as a child and hugged. I mean, I have one of the, I don't want anybody to look at me most of the time. Except unless it's. In a podcast format. I guess. It's, Don't look at me. <laughs> Please. I'm hideous. I'm hideous. I want you to look at me. I want people to look at me, and I want them to look at me as a little baby child. <laughs> okay. And I want them to hug me. That's why they call you Baby Jerry. Right. That's why I'm called Baby Jerry. Um, no, I guess it's kind of sad because I just don't want the, like, I don't necessarily want, like, the adultness of what has come over the last week. And I just want people to hug me. You want affection? And yeah. I think that's a... a and to hide. Like, I want to hide from adultness for a little while. I feel like this is a very normal reaction to the, the situation you've been been through. I think so, too. Yeah. And I also feel like John Lithgow as the dad on... I'm not... This is not saying any part of my... Like, my father figure in my life is less than... I'm saying John Lithgow as the father figure in Third Rock from the Sun could cradle me in my arms. He wasn't very, though, he wasn't like fatherly. No, but he's a big dude. Yeah, he is a big dude. I feel like he could cradle me. Yeah, he could definitely cradle you physically. I feel like a lot of people could cradle me in their arms pretty physically. Yeah, for sure. Not very big. If you don't know, I'm about 5'5 on a good day, maybe 5'6 with boots on. Like, and I wear boots a lot, so I'm (laughs) 5'6". Um but I also weigh a lot because I keep gaining weight. I can't control that. That's a problem. See, I've been losing weight because I'm back on the keto. Mm. Two weeks strong. Well, I'm jealous of you. I'm down 10 pounds. <sighs> I need to be down. Oh, uh, David said, Jerry, I'm going to hug you with raw beef, fresh herbs, seasoned vegetables, and brown liquor. Now that, well, that I'm sounds tell you, like a phenomenal. I'm going to tell you, I know, and I know we have a lot to get to here, but I have been not been looking forward to anything more in more your than life. that for so long too. I know, like I've been looking forward to it for months, and to the point where, and I and I'll briefly bring this up. I had, uh, I got the COVID shot. Well, hang on. Prior to this, 
you can continue after I give this little bit of synopsis. Uh, Mr. Seedentop, longtime listener, uh, no time caller, has is a friend of mine for a long time. But we had a bet last year. You can hear oh, it. Oh, 2019. You're right. It was, 2000. it was two years ago. No, it was the 2020 schedule. No, because they had, were shut down for half of it for COVID, right? No. It was the it, 2019 schedule. No, it was the 2020 schedule. They only had like 90 games. Okay, okay. So either way, Fair enough. it was last year's baseball schedule. I had an open bet on the podcast with Mr. Seedentop about who would have a better record between the Chicago Cubs and the Chicago White Sox. And I said the White Sox, because I am a Chicago White Sox fan, would have a better record than the Chicago Cubs. They ended up having a better record, the White Sox did, by like two games, I think. Yeah. Like one or two games. Very minimal margin. Either way, I won. And now Mr. Seedentop has to cook Chris and I, along yeah, with I our mean, families, a Lay out the terms of the bet, right? So it was if David won, he was going to be a snarf king for a year. Yeah. Which is, is a big deal because you get pretty big snarf bundles. Like you get monthly bundles. The or, highest anointment. Yeah. And uh, all kinds $100 of stuff. $100 a month. So originally, and then it was because the bet was between you two initially. And um, and if if... If you won, he had to cook that meal. So initially it was like, well, the bet's with Jerry. I'm cooking the meal for Jerry. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. But it's not really fair because, A, I'm a Cubs fan. And, B, if you lose, I have to pay money right. of my pocket to make him a snark To cake. me. Well, whatever. <laughs> so yeah. he graciously extended the, even though I'm also a Cubs fan. You are, and the Cubs suck. But so. I don't pay any attention. But They also offloaded the ah, entire... Well, it's on my news thing. I don't think they're going to be able to field a team. No, they really won't. But either way, last year they lost. The White Sox had a better record. They lost like all of their best players in the last two days. Today, basically. Yeah. They lost basically I mean, all of their... Rizzo, Baez. Bryant. Uh, Bryant. Yeah. Craig Kimbrell came to the White Sox. Trevor <laughs> Williams. Um... Either way, he's got to cook us a meal, a three-course meal for my family, like me and my wife, Chris and his wife, on this Saturday. Yeah, so anyway, I was what I was saying is I've been looking forward to this for so long. Well, anyway, I went and got a COVID shot, and now I'm feeling like hammered dog shit. Yeah, that's awful. And I'm worried that I'm not going to be in my full ability to enjoy this tomorrow. But I'm thinking, I'm hoping... To be honest, that's 100% why I didn't get the vaccine. You did get the vaccine, did you? Yeah, but I didn't get it recently right? so that I could enjoy it. Yeah, okay. You planned way ahead. Way ahead. I was well planned. Yeah. And to be fair, that's the reason I've put it off so long because it's just my busy season kind of just ended. And I'm like, okay. So you decided like, you know what? I'll ruin a good dinner. Well, I, you know, I was at Jewel. They give you 10% off your groceries. <laughs> and you're like, I could get this sushi and a vaccine at the same yeah, time. Check it out. They're like, your total is $250, but you can get 10% off. And the cashier, literally. And a California roll for free. They're like, you can have 25 bucks off. And the cashier, to cashier, pop the drawer open like you're paying with cash, pull the needle out. It gave you the vaccine. And just shot it in my arm and gave me 25 Incredible. bucks off. It's Incredible. amazing. We are so efficient as a human being, aren't we? Um, I, we can't receive text right now, David, but, um, oh, he's going to text us both the menu 
but it's you multiple can, courses, not just three. If you do us a favor, a private Facebook message to us. That would be a better way to get it to us. Either way, we have a big menu coming to us that is provided by Mr. Seedentop tomorrow. Um, and I didn't, I forgot about it, to be honest, until today where Amy told me, he's like, hey, she said, hey, uh, you know, our niece is coming over to babysit the kids for tomorrow. And I was like, why? She's like, because we're going over for the dinner. I hope that doesn't mean you have a call time. And like, I was you like, you got to be home early. Oh, I said, oh, we have a dinner tomorrow. And I got so excited. I'm super excited. Because he's cooking us food. And I'm going off keto, so I'm double excited. Oh, I'm so And then Monday you. is me and Marley's anniversary. And we're going out to eat. Oh so I get like two good meals. Your anniversary, my anniversary was the 18th. I've been married 12 years. I'll so, be seven. Thank you. The copper anniversary. Is that it? Hmm. So we Sounds were talking about Dexter cheap. and Nolan liked to chime in. Dexter has eight seasons. Last three were shit. I agreed. John Lethgo was season four. So anyway, yeah. what was your news quickly on okay. Dexter? Uh, let me bring it back up because I was looking at the other things. Um, yeah, Dexter is coming back. And we've talked about it before that Dexter was coming back. It was kind of a hit and miss kind of thing if it was for real coming back. But it is for sure. And they have released the... Uh, date on when it's coming back and the name of it and it's called Dexter New Blood coming out November 7th and I tell you what I'm excited for this is the sister out of it because she was the most annoying person I don't know secondly is they in Miami because Miami was like a character in that show right yeah I'm assuming it is Uh, to be honest I know nothing about it I have not looked into it and this is what I do with shows that I want to watch Shows that I care about and want to watch, I don't look into it because I don't want to be spoiled before I ever watch it. I don't want to be let down. I don't want to have an opinion right. or get too much of an opinion before I ever watch it. And the reason I'm doing this with Dexter is because Amy and I bought a house together in 2008, a long time ago. And when we first moved into the house, we had no furniture, like we had nothing really to our name and we lived it was a a story and a half house but it had an upstairs and i had this fold-out couch uh, that i got from my grandma that we slept on and basically lived on with a tv that i had from my parents home that i had bought so we had this tv set up on a tv stand that i had from my parents house again with this fold-out couch so we literally slept on a fold-out couch and we would watch either Seinfeld, and this is where Amy hated Seinfeld, but I had every season of it on DVD, so we would watch that, and she gained an appreciation for Seinfeld from that. And I also had Dexter um, that I rented from Netflix when Netflix was the discs, yeah, sending out That's discs. That's also how I watched Dexter via Netflix because I never had Showtime or anything. Right, I we had we didn't have any TV at this time, so we were renting things from Netflix through the mail and Netflix was a lot of you may not know. I don't know. Like some, most of you that listen to the podcast probably know what Netflix did at this time, but Netflix originally started as a rental service of DVDs through the mail. I think everybody's aware of what Netflix is. No, some people don't because I work (laughs) with people that have no idea. Um, and we would get DVDs through the mail and it was Dexter. Um, and, we watched every season of Dexter through the mail on Netflix and would just, we watched season one through eight 
that way. And we were on a fold out couch and it was like, it now it's like a sentimental thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was a big moment in our life that this is what we did. And we watched every season. We binged it, you know, and then even when the new seasons were coming out, we were still in that portion of our life where we didn't have anything and we would watch Dexter. So when we got regular TV and the last season came out, we watched it on like our own TV when we had Showtime and it was a big deal that we recorded it on like direct TV, you know, like right. whatever. Um, and we did that thing. So, and then it ended, it was gone and now it's coming back. And I just really want to watch it yeah. because I was so, um, it's so ingrained in my brain about like listening and watching Dexter. It wasn't that it was like a groundbreaking show. I would say it was pretty groundbreaking. I we, just didn't care for it that much at the end. Um, we loved it, and the the ending wasn't the greatest, but it's something that I want to watch again. I don't and know I, that it'll be on top of my list. I'll probably get to it, but I'm gonna watch it again, and I will give you a review, and I'm gonna spoil the shit out of it so that you don't ever have to watch it. That's perfect because you're a dick. Um, speaking of. Dexter in no way. Um, I got the menu for tomorrow's night standard. You, you do? Hear it? Yeah. You want to hear it? Yeah. The dinner that uh, David Seedentup's going to give yes. us. Snarf dinner. It's this isn't like the real swirly. Oh, this is a whirly, whirly, It's a it's a this is an actual menu. He, wow, this is going to be printed wow, out. Wow! 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 Um, <laughs> wow! This isn't like a flowery wow. font. Um, local lamb and local libations. Lamb meatball with yogurt sauce. Recommended mm-hmm. to enjoy with local beer. Mm-hmm. We better find out if we're supposed to bring our own libation. Wait, do I have to bring my own beer? Uh, Poo's Poland pork salad, charred local pork. Wait, wait, wait. Do you know Poo? I do. I know. Okay. I know Poo. Poo is a, a family, family favorite. Friend. Yeah. Uh, charred local pork, tamarind, palm sugar, fish sauce, pineapple, green apple, red onion, mint, and peanuts. Mm-hmm. Recommended to pay, fair, pair with Pooh's favorite Scotch bourbon whiskey or white wine. Uh, a carpaccio tacos. I love carpaccio. Beef, capers, greens, aioli, wonton. Recommended to pair with white wine. Wow. 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 Boo. I can't read that because of the font, but I think it says. Bibabua. Bougie barnyard buffet. Ooh, bougie. Love everything that's bougie. Lamb chops and garbanzo bean relish, beef cor- and corn relish, pork and watermelon relish. Recommended to pair with red wine. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a red wine fan. Uh, are you? I'm not a white wine fan, but I'll I'll I'll, I lo- I'll, I'll take the recommended pairings. Don't get oh, me wrong. I'm not. I love white wine. I don't like a hard red wine, like right. a dry oh, I like red them. wine. As dry as you can get them. Oof. No, I'm not a big fan. Uh, and then it is man. I can't read that. BLT tostada. Aioli greens, pickled green tomatoes, pork. Recommended to pair with pickled green tomato martini. Ooh, that, love a good I martini. Behind that. Is it and dirty? There's a boozy milkshake flight, it looks like, for dessert. I'm telling you, David, you're going all out. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. He doesn't not go all out, all out. I He gave us tacos, and it was all out. That was incredible. <laughs> I mean, I came over there, and it's like the whole freaking island, which you, the island in your kitchen was huge. It was like the whole thing. It was all the different I have an island, and, eight by four. It's like a four by eight sheet of plywood, basically. It's my island. and Half it was, of it solid was covered. Yeah, it was covered with what David brought over for dinner, and it was a taco It was bar, a carnitas, basically. right? Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, he says the menu is subject to change literally until it's set in front of you. 
I've never cooked veal, which is the base of a demi demi glaze. Demi glass. I used lots of homemade stock in my cooking, specifically sauces. So I'm excited. Uh, oh, Marley's listening. Well, this is going to be amazing. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. I'm really it excited. It really about is going to be good. I'm very I feel excited like about it. We need to, like, I almost feel like we have to compensate <laughs> some of them because that probably is so expensive. No. No. He lost a bet. You're right. And it would have cost us a lot to do the Snarf King thing because that was like $50 a month is the Snarf King. 100. 100 a month. It's 100 a month. Um, either way, he wins. He loves doing this. Yeah. No, I'm sure. And that was the bet. It is what it is. It's going to be one time. It's not like we expect it all the time. And we do very greatly appreciate it. It will be fun for friends to get together and have this meal. Thank you, David. Yes. Um, and Nolan uh, might as well be. David is a, a gourmet chef. So. He really is. I don't understand how he does it. Because he's dumb as a brick. I mean, just absolutely, just a moron. All right, let's. Uh, I got. We got more stuff to cover here. Yeah. Uh, let me get to it. I got some more things. Um, suicide Squad. James Gunn Suicide Squad comes out next week. You heard of it? Yeah, I didn't realize it was next week. It's already. getting extremely good reviews. Ninety nine percent. With some, with on some the... people going as far as saying it's his best movie to date. Are you serious? And you got to remember, he made Guardians 1 and 2. Oh, that makes me skeptical. I don't believe that. I'm a little worried, but it does look good The um, in the previews. It looks great. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. We don't have to do you, hover But do you much, really? But. I mean, so from the previews you've seen and the characters that you've seen, do you feel like it can live up to a Guardians movie? I don't see how it possibly can just because of the cosmic nature of it, the movie and the stakes that are put forth in it, but I haven't seen it. So I can't say that. I know. It It, looks like it's fun, right? It looks like a really fun Deadpool-ish type movie. And that on my spectrum could never live up to a Guardians because I I need the emotional. I agree. And that's, that's kind of where I live at right now is seeing the character or like seeing the, um, the trailers and what the characters are. I just, I don't see them as being as lovable or, or something that can be as close to me as what the guardians characters are, which seems silly. When I, when I say that it, it it is absolutely silly because you're talking about a raccoon and you're talking about Drax. I think we suspended that disbelief 135 episodes ago. No, but I still have it. I still have it in my heart that, I love those characters because I've already know what they are. But then when I see the new ones, when it comes to a shark and I, I don't know, John Cena's character, whatever he is with the helmet, Peacemaker. I can't remember. Polka yeah. dot man. There's so many characters in there that seem so goofy. silly to me goofy. and goofy and fun. I mean, I I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure that it, the movie's going to be fun, entertaining, action packed, hilarious, hilarious. I mean, but I don't know if I could. I just don't know. We'll have to see it. I know. And I just and it's coming out on HBO Max, which we have, so we don't have to pay to see. I it. suspend but the I th- whole belief of it being absolutely amazing and perfect because I think they're silly. But then again, I look back on myself and say, like, well, I'm also silly for loving a raccoon. Yeah. So and we so also. Much have a problem where if we have high expectations going into a movie, we're usually let down. If we have low expectations, we're usually blown away. And the problem is, is that I do have high expectations because I know James Gunn 
I don't. And what he's done. I honestly don't. And the reason is, is because the last one was such a shit show. And I understand it's completely different. What is? Oh. The last Suicide Squad movie? I don't put that anything. I don't have high expectations going into any DC movie ever. It's James Gunn, though. I know, but I'm. You know what he's done. I understand that. But that doesn't change the fact that I don't necessarily have high expectations. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is like far and beyond my favorite Marvel movie. And that man. Did both of them like the two best movies that Marvel ever did? Yeah, and we've argued about it. No, and but then I, you came I, back I came and you're back like, around. I, I agreed with you that number two I think is better. Oh my gosh, that's so heartfelt and amazing. And he's done a wonderful job, and now he's got a new, a whole new world ahead of him that he's doing for DC. And I just hope and pray and whatever I need to do, I just I really hope that. Critics are correct. I don't want to be on the same side as critics because they're normally terrible and awful. Yeah. But I hope they're right, and it is perfect and funny and hilarious, and everybody loves it. And I want DC to be good in the movies. They do great work. You know when what it my comes hope to, is? Uh, when it comes to, like, cartoons and the animated universe, like, they've done great things. The live action movies we all know that's terrible my only worry is big changes have happened in james gunn's life since his last movie guardians 2 i believe i don't think he's made anything else in the interim. no he hasn't um he was canceled yep he was back so i hope this isn't just an ultimate woke fest i don't think it will be because he's coming back with guardians 3 he's I, doing right the, he was a little bit redeemed um he's coming back with it he, he can't afford to do a woke fest with Suicide Squad and expect to be received and well, he could because it could be like his apology. No, I don't think he can. I don't think he can. Okay, well, let's move on because we got a lot to cover. Um, big news in the the Marvel universe happening. What do you got? Big news. What? What could be so big, Chris? Scarlett Johansson is what's so big. What about her? She's suing Disney. Did you not hear this news? I didn't know this. No, uh, this happened a couple that. days ago. Um, she filed a lawsuit against Disney. Um, her, and basically, I'll summarize it saying, listen, hey, I agreed to make this movie, and my contract stipulated that this movie needed to be released in theaters. And a significant portion of her, the, of her contract was based on back-end theater revenue. And when that's not happening, <laughs> when Disney made the choice to release it to Disney Plus, now granted they made eighty million dollars in direct sales on Disney Plus, she didn't touch that. Uh, they only made a couple hundred million in the box office, as opposed to what would have easily been a billion dollar movie. I mean, at least eight hundred thousand. Yeah, movie. at least eight hundred thousand. Yeah. Well, okay. To be fair, probably million, five or six hundred thousand dollar movie. Yeah, half a billion dollar. So movie. So she's saying, least. "Hey, I was wronged by X amount of dollars." Now. There's certainly been talks going on for two years now to resolve this. They obviously did not work. And Scarlett Johansson says, enough is enough. We're taking it to court. Uh, Disney released a scathing response to the lawsuit. I don't have it in front of me, but I'll summarize. Basically saying, how dare you, biatch? How dare you? COVID is killing everybody. Scarlett and the pandemic? How dare you doing a pandemic? How dare you talk about money? My family has suffered so much because of the pandemic, Scarlett. You know who hasn't suffered? 
Disney Plus or Disney in general, they've made a fortune off the pandemic. Right, they have. Um, and now they've changed the game of movies altogether to what, favor. How dare you, Scarlett? <laughs> to favor them, right? Direct sales are way more profitable oh, for them. My gosh. It, they have no marketing cost whatsoever. No marketing cost. They don't have to share with theaters. They no, don't have they to don't share with actors. Sh- they, now, they pay nothing to theaters. Going nothing. forward, the deals will be restructured. With actors, but you got to remember that movie was made pre-COVID. But listen to me, Scarlett. I'm Disney, and I want your money. So uh, today, um, they Scarlett released her response, or her lawyers, I should say. Sure. Um, I can kind of summarize this again. It all began Thursday. She filed the lawsuit accusing Disney of breaching her contact contract, which guaranteed an exclusive theatrical release. Written in her contact, exclusive theatrical release. Seems like game over there. Disney then replied with a statement that accused her of callous disregard to the COVID-19 pandemic and revealed her salary on the film, $20 million, which is high by any standards. Wow. Um, the haymakers have continued Friday when Johansson's agency, Creative Artists, Agency released a statement firing back. I want to address the Walt Disney Company's statement that was issued in response to the lawsuit filed against them. Um, he said, They have shamelessly and falsely accused Mrs. Johans- Johansson of being insensitive to the global COVID pandemic in an attempt to make her appear to be someone that they know she is not. Scarlett has been Disney's partner on nine movies, which has earned Disney and its shareholder billions of dollars. The company included her salary in the press statement in an attempt to weaponize her success as an artist and a businesswoman, as if if that were something she should be ashamed of. Scarlett is extremely proud of her work, that she and all the actors, writers, directors, producers, and the creative team have been part of for well over a decade. The suit was filed as a result of Disney's decision to knowingly violate the contract. They have very deliberately moved the revenue stream to profits on Disney+, Plus, leaving artistic and financial partners out of the equation. That is it, pure and simple. Disney's direct attack on her character and all else they implied is beneath the company that many of us in the creative community have worked with successfully for decades. Wow. Bombshell. They're so heartless. Now, Disney claims there is no merit. This will not hold up in court. They will. It's, not, it's a joke of a lawsuit, basically, is what they're saying. Um, I think it's really ridiculous that they couldn't settle this privately beforehand. Yeah. It, We're talking it's, about it's a multi-billion-dollar company. And they had to have been talking to Scarlett Johansson, I mean, prior to this For happening. For years, I'm sure. she is a person that has been a, like mainstay in their world the whole world of marvel and outside of that i don't she's also probably the most successful female actress of the last 20 years right in other movies so they have they have miserably handed handled this it it had to have went completely south right off the bat because there is no way she's going to take this amount of legal action to make it this public if, if if they didn't just drastically fail. And she's getting a little bit drugged through the press. It's like half and half. Some people are saying like, well, oh, the rich she, get richer. She made $20 million. What the of hell? Of course she's going to be drugged through the press. And I understand that. Like, yes, she is a very famous and very rich actress off of these movies. I get it. They she owed is. her that movie six movies ago. This is a contract you know that what I mean? she has written with Disney. But don't you know what I mean? They They... I, they deliberately they owed her that movie. I, what I'm saying is like this is written in a contract. I don't care if she's a billion dollar actress at this point. 
she has it written in a legal contract that she was going to get this amount of money for a theatrical release movie. And they didn't do that. Right. If you were a billion dollar actor and you didn't get what was written in a contract, I would say you're right. Marley says bad publicity is still publicity. Absolutely true, except she's done at Disney. She is 100%. She will never work again at Disney. Disney. And I understand that. And she doesn't care, but... She hurt that character was done anyway. But they're wrong. They are. They're wrong. Like if you don't pay a person for what's written in a contract and you don't do the, what's the problem written is in the that contract, revenue never existed. You, you're wrong. I think the only feasible solution would be like, okay, we're going to give you the share of the streaming profits. But I'm sure they offered that. But again, but geez, the movie made three hundred million dollars instead of six hundred million dollars because. They made so a you need to give to her a percentage of that, whatever was written in the contract for the theater theatrical but, release. Because you have to understand, when this movie came out, theaters were open, hundred percent open. They de- they decided not to release it at that time, under their own judgment. It was supposed to release May of twenty twenty. Yeah, and they pushed it, and that's fine. Theaters were closed, but when theaters reopen and you're planning to release the movie a month later, and they didn't, they didn't. They put it on Disney Plus because why? Because they knew everybody would pay thirty dollars yes. to rent it. Yes, and I did, and so I did didn't. most people. I didn't, but a lot of people did, and that's you're right. No, you're right. And it's kind of shitty. It's a blockbuster movie releasing theaters. I'm done with this. It's annoying. Suicide Squad coming out on HBO Max for free. I'd be pissed if I was that John Cena. Yeah, I would. You know, maybe contracts will change. Who knows? But they also probably have a different contract than what Scarlett Johansson did. They made did. that movie before the pandemic. No, I know, but I guarantee you they have a different contract contract than what Scarlett Johansson did with Disney. I but guarantee Scarlett Johansson was the lead character and a movie star. That's what I mean. Right. She got Robert Downey Jr. money. Exactly. Right. That's my point. Is like she had a completely different contract going into this movie thinking of it as a different movie than what was released. And she agreed to the terms because it's different than what was released. Here's the other thing you got to remember. She's been being told for over a decade now when she has made statements or come out to the press and said, hey, listen, you know, I'm not getting paid near as much as Robert Downey Jr. No, of course not. As uh, Chris Hemsworth or these guys. Which I rightfully Fair. so. Fair. Those were yeah. the stars of the movies. Robert Downey Jr. was making over a hundred million dollars on those movies because he had all the back end because they needed him. They didn't need her, so they've been telling her the no, whole that's time. Right. They've been telling her the whole time. They've been saying, "Listen, you're not the billable star of this movie. We don't need you. So that's why you're not making the big bucks." They've tell, told her that, right? And she said, "No, I think maybe it's because I'm a woman." And they said, "No, it's nothing to do with it's, you being a woman. It's because you're not the star." And then they made her movie. They made her the star. And then they moved, made the movie called Black Widow. And then to, they gave her the Robert Downey Jr. deal. Yeah. And they said, okay, okay, you know what? You're right. Yes. Ten years of working your ass off, we're going to give you the movie. We're going to make it your movie. We're going to give you the deal. And unfair to her, unbeknownst to anybody, a pandemic pandemic came along. And, it, and they pushed it, which is fine. And it screwed up the whole thing. And nobody had control over that. And we understand it. But coming forward... They had a, a, they had an a time and opportunity to make it right. Would it ever have made as much as it would? No, pre- no, no, of course not. Absolutely not. But it had the opportunity to make enough money 
to say, you are worth this, and this is what you are worth, and this is what we're going to do for you. But you also got to look at Disney's side and go, like, can we afford to pay her no, $100 million she screw wants? Screw that. When I this movie care. made $300 million bucks, I don't, and it cost $200 million to make. I don't care about Disney's side. They already went all in when they said, we're going to make this movie with you. Yeah. When you say, I'm going to make a movie called Black Widow based off of your character called Black Widow, and you are the star, you've already put all of your cards forward and said, we are in your boat, and this is what we're doing, regardless of what happens. And then when you do that, and you make this movie, and you say, we're going to put it out in theaters, and this is what happens, like, and this is what we're going to pay you, and we're going to write it in contract. And then, again, a pandemic happens that nobody sees, nobody sees it coming forward and you have to push it out of theaters because theaters weren't open and it's nothing anybody can control. But then once they came open, you still decided not to put it out in theaters regardless. And you still decided never will it see theaters. We're well, it's only in, it's going in theaters. It's in theaters. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're going to put it out on, you're cutting uh, its legs out of from underneath it. Unbelievable. Here's the problem. I think that's they, unbelievable. They're you, standing on their high horse and saying, listen, we put it out in theaters. We did the streaming because we didn't want to encourage people to go to theaters because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. That's Bull what Disney's going to say. Bullcrap. It's not Mulan. It's it's not a Mulan movie. It's a Marvel movie. It's a Marvel movie that you need to put in theaters 100% and you need to back it that way regardless of a pandemic, like in the situation we're in, because most of the states at this point and, and for months have been open. You know, but I think their point was like, hey, just because they're open doesn't mean it's responsible to drive people into movie theaters. Screw that. I agree. But listen. This is not here's, a movie theaters or, or a, a production company's place the to, politics, dictate, right? yeah. to dictate whether or not people go out and see movies or wear masks or whatever. You put the movie out. People will come and see it if they feel necessary or if they feel safe. If you feel safe to wear a mask or if you're vaccinated or whatever, you will go and see the movie. Yeah. It's not your place to judge whether or not people are going to come see that. So don't hold it back from people that want to see it. I think maybe the better solution would be to push it. Or charge December. them an extra $30. Or that. But I think maybe the better solution would be just to push it back to December. No. They the only push thing it is, long enough. I think. Don't push it any longer because that's screwing so many more people. I think I, the I don't problem think so. is they have too many shows that are tying into the, that movie that they want to release. So they have to they push have it out. They have to. They have to. It's already, there's already Loki and stuff has been released in there that would have, stuff that was released in Falcon no. and the Winter Soldier directly don't, ties into Black Widow. I don't feel like our entertainment should dictate what we do outside of our lives, like for our entertainment value outside of our homes. Right. So put the movie out, put it out in theaters. If you want to go see it, go see it. If you don't, Stay home Worst and buy it on net uh, on Disney. You know, like you you can still buy it on Disney right now. Yeah, but that's what the problem is. But they didn't release it worldwide, or they didn't release it like countrywide. It was like very separate. No, I think they released it worldwide. Oh, I thought it was very. Here's like, what they maybe could have done: released it in theaters for a month and then put it on Disney Plus. Yes, you know, give it some time. That could help a lot. Yeah, but they they want the money, man. Um, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair. There's a whole inside conversation about sous vide and all kinds of things. 
Yes, uh, Nolan, we did watch Loki, and that reminds us we probably need to be moving forward with our <laughs> time here because we're at 50 minutes. Um, what? Yeah. yeah. Gee, I don't have any more news. I, mean, uh, I, got, a, I got one more. I got, I got one, one more piece real quick before you do that because it's okay. just going to be longer. I'm sure. Mine, no, it's not. I it's, have a it's nephew. It's a very short piece. He's 13 years old. His name is Charles Kreider. I know Charles. He has a YouTube channel. If you search Charles Kreider on YouTube, yep. you can go to his channel. He's 13. Uh, it says songs, beats, and bikes is, is his channel. And he is an aspiring beat maker and mm-hmm. rapper, and he is trying to release one new song a week indefinitely. I tell you what, he puts together some good music. He did it when he was here. Um, he was visiting from Arkansas. And he told me about his music, and he showed me some of the things he does. And he did it, like, in front of me um, without, like, seeing anything. He had no instrument in front of him. He just started, like, rapping and, like, singing in front of me. I was like, dude, what are, what are you? Yeah. How so, are you doing this? I mean, I just think everybody, check it out. Check it out his channel. Sub- just subscribe Love and it. like his channel. Let's blow him up. Let's get some people over there. I mean, he's learning. He's new. He's 13. Yeah. I mean... This isn't Kanye, but I mean it could be. He could be. So let's support him in trying to attain his dreams. That's all I'm saying. And and all you need to do is go to that channel and hit like and subscribe. That's all you have to do. That's what we're here for. Um, Love it. So what did you have? You had one more thing. Um, Mine's similar. Mine has to do with Waterworld. Oh yeah, I did see some news (laughs) on that. Um, It's close to your nephew Charlie. But yeah, no, Waterworld was a um, Kevin Costner movie in 1995, and I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um, and they are going to do a TV series of Waterworld. It's in production. Sounds cool and expensive. Sounds very expensive. Is Kevin Costner in it? I don't know yet. He they, probably the, is, right? Nothing has I mean, he's been. He's in television now, he's doing Yellowstone. I know. There has been nothing set in stone to say what actors are going to be uh, involved with the TV series, but they said for sure there's going to be, I mean, as for sure as what Hollywood is, but they have agreed to do a TV series for Waterworld coming next year, Um, and it is said to be a sequel of the 1995 movie. Yes. So that's a big deal to me. Yes. That hits home. That is another like, like, uh, like, nostalgic show. Like I loved Waterworld. I watched it so much as a kid. I I would watch it any point in time right now if I saw it on TV. Yes, love it. So um, if it's going to be a TV series, that reminds me of uh, Swamp Thing. Like Swamp Thing as a TV series, that reminds me what like. This could be Waterworld. Yeah. So excited for it. Yeah, they'll probably go a little more epic in scope than oh, that. Oh, I'm but. sure it will be. I mean, we're talking about 90s when I saw... You know, that excites you. You know what excites me? I was just able to shed my blanket because I believe my chills have passed. I know. I just saw that. You threw it on the I ground. I threw it away. I'm so proud of I've you. I've been sitting here with a child's blanket on my lap. He has. In a hoodie. I was in my truck before Jerry got here with it at 90 degrees, just blasting heat at me because I was so cold. I walked into the room. And Chris's face was so red. It was. It was bright red. <laughs> it was so red. And I had hives and stuff, too. Oh, yeah. You were very red. And I was like, I don't think we should do this. And he decided to push through. I pushed through the pain. For the pain. 
for the fans. Okay, let's get to... Uh, so we were going to do a little bit of top 10. Um, we might do it at the end if we have time, but we have to talk about some stuff. Um, we got a lot of I want to get. Watching. I want to get... Yeah, we're going to just go right into what we're watching. That's probably going to be the rest of the show. Yep. I want to get one out of the way real quick um, because I know people are going to ask about it. People care about it. Um, Black Widow. So I watched it. Jerry has not seen it. No. We will review it next week, officially. Deal. All right. I don't want to spend any time on my side because we might as well talk about when we both have seen it. I know. And I, I and apologize. I, frankly, I should have seen it. I'd like to now. see it again because the the night I watched it, I, I don't know if it was. It's because, been a while ago. Yeah, it's been a while ago. And it's everybody was watching it maybe because it kept freezing like every two minutes. It was infuriating. Really? Like the, Like it timed out. Oof. on Disney Plus and I think it was just because of traffic probably because my web speed was pretty good but anyway I'll just cursory just tell you do you want me to tell you my, my initially like just positive or negative like what I thought about it yeah. not a lot like getting into details yes I loved it okay and I, the reason I'm telling you that is because you came at me with kind of a negative I've heard bad things and yeah there's I bad have. things on the internet um I, I loved it I thought it was a great movie it, it's not breaking any new barriers it's not life-changing by any means um, but I thought it was a solid little movie with a lot of good action and, and humor. I, I can't wait for you to see it, and we can discuss it more next week. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm up in our, like, kind of in the middle about this. Like, there have been so many people that came to me that are Marvel fans that said they were disappointed in what they saw. Um, and people that I generally, like, respect their opinion on movies, you know, and what they've seen, and they all told me they didn't like it. And then you, I mean, how uh, you and I are like cohorts in all of what we do, and then you told me the exact opposite. So I don't know how to feel. Like yeah. I, I all I can do now is watch it for myself. I haven't had the opportunity to do that, and I'm gonna do it uh, this week. And We'll talk about it next yeah, week. Yeah. We'll and I got I got a list of probably 12, 13, I've watched more than you because yeah. you had family and doing stuff. and A lot of things. Um, but So I've watched a lot. I got like 12 or 15 things here. I think we're just going to kind of try and focus on the stuff we've both seen. Um, but just I'll, I'll point one more out um, that I would like you to watch hopefully by next week. Okay. Um, I watched the DC animated movie Batman The Long Halloween <laughs> yes. Part 1. Okay. I've been asked about this too. Um, Ian... Um, a follower of ours has asked me about this and I, I couldn't answer it besides what I know of the comic. You do have to buy it. It's not free on HBO max. I don't know when it's going to come out. It will eventually come out on HBO max. Um, I don't, I thought I rented it for like five bucks. That's fine. Whatever. Um, I'd like you to watch it. It would be a good thing to talk about. Okay. It's, we both love that comic. Yes, it's one of the best Batman much. comics. I think it's in top 10 Batman comics. Yes. Um, and it's a part one. So part two comes out in October, I think. So, I didn't understand how they could ever do all of it in one movie. Right, they didn't. And just like they did um, The Dark Knight. Yeah. DC animated movie. Okay. So we'll talk about that at a later date. Um, I think we just jump out of the gate with one we both watched that everybody's wanted to hear about, including Nolan, who mentioned it, uh, Loki. Loki. You've watched all of it? I have watched all of it, yeah. I watched all of it. I watched it... Um, quicker than you yeah i was only one week behind you okay. i ended up watching all of it pretty unfortunately quick. it's been a long time i feel like now since i it's watched all of it two weeks yeah yeah maybe um but i mean i'll just jump out there with my initial i absolutely adored the show i loved it i had some problems with it and we'll yep. get into that but yep. my initial reaction is i really love the show 
Um, I think we've talked about this a lot that um, we both loved WandaVision. Yeah. And then Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out, and I think just blew that out of the water. It was yes. just a whole different thing. And then when it before Loki came out, I said, hey, I'm looking more forward to this because it's more in my genre of interest than like military-type movies like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The The big thing that changed the game with Falcon and the Winter Soldier is it wasn't a military type movie. It was a pretty interpersonal character study drama. Right. Um, so that's what I loved about it. But um, Loki comes out, it's in my wheelhouse and I didn't necessarily come in with super high expectations because I didn't want to get them dashed. Um, I didn't, I I didn't come into it. I really loved it. I enjoyed it. I, I loved every episode. I will watch the whole season again easily. So I, I didn't come into it with real high hopes because I didn't necessarily like the character as much as a lot of people. Well, he's prior a villain. This. You know? Yeah. Like it, it wasn't necessarily because he was a villain, but it was because there was like not a lot to go off of. Very little it, in screen the, time, really in the screen time, like the movie style, like you didn't have anything to go off of, of this character besides of what you've seen in the movies, which was very little. Yeah. And then I thought, like a whole show, a whole show dedicated off of this very minimal screen time character. Besides, I mean, a huge comic book like character, yeah, character. Um, I didn't know what they were gonna do, and I thought, what is a, a TV show going to be about? And then once I realized that it was like a, kind of a multiverse type yeah multiverse time kind travel detective-ish type show that's what drew me in yeah big time and i can't say enough about it the the first couple episodes i would say even three episodes i was like there's there's where, slow moments throughout don't get me wrong yeah um and and that maybe would be one of my negative points. I got some bigger negatives that I'll mention too. But what I find interesting is that this is the linchpin now. This is what blows the whole universe well upside down. This is the future of Marvel. They just opened the door. They opened Pandora's box so, to start over. So they this, rewrote history. This is exactly why I would tell everyone to watch it. This is the most important show to watch in the entire for the it, future of Disney. Right if now. you want to follow Marvel. And if you want to follow phase four of Marvel movies, if you if you say, like, I want to watch all the Marvel movies from here on out, I agree with you. You should. But you also, you have to go and watch this movie, otherwise you're not, or TV show. Call it a TV show, call it a movie, because it's basically a six-hour movie. You're, you're not right? going to. You're not going to have the basis to watch these movies from here on out if you don't watch Loki. Yeah. WandaVision? Okay. Yes. Sure. And that's what we Wa- thought was game-changing, right? We thought that would be the doorway. I thought it was going to be. And there's an interesting fan theory that you want to get into that. So apparently the scene at the end, there's going to be spoilers in this review. I think, I hope we've all seen it. Um, at the end where Kang, who will become Kang the Conqueror, yeah, Kang the Conqueror, is meeting with them and he stops for a second. He goes, oh, we just went off the timeline. Yes. If you sync that up, apparently... Yep. With WandaVision becoming the Scarlet Witch, if you sync those it, up, as soon they're as, exact. As soon as she becomes Scarlet Witch, like the 
it's season or it's episode seven. It's like the last episode, right? Yeah, it's like fifty-two minutes or something like that. I don't know. It's it's a certain minute in Scarlet Witch compared to the certain minute of Loki. They time up correctly, and he Kang has a realization at that moment, like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen from here on out, because prior to this, he knew everything that was going to happen for all of time. And then as soon as she becomes Scarlet Witch, he doesn't know anymore. Well, that's the theory. Yeah. It also right. in the show is explained. It's the moment between the two Lokis. Right. That does it. But it, it's just a theory. I don't know. Even know that it's true, but that's the theory. I don't know if it's true either, but it's really great to think of. And then it's it, it, really great to see. It comes out the end and you realize quickly in a great scene, by the way, with, um, um, at the very end of that show, you realize that, oh shit, we're in a whole different uh, universe now. We're in it a is. different branch of the multiverse. Now, we'll go back to the other branch. We'll go back to all of them because now the multiverse is blown wide open. And we're going to learn all about that in the next Spider-Man movie because that's what it's about. Right. And the Doctor Strange movie because that's what it's about. So this is going to be a big theme, Kang the Conqueror. Um, obviously, one of the variants of him. The one he was trying to suppress. But the, but the big thing is, is like before this show, you had the idea of a multiverse, right? And it you hints at it. And you kind of, yeah, they hint at a multiverse. But they explicitly say like, oh, it's not really real in the last Spider-Man movie with. Um, but Loki blows it wide open. Yeah. And they finally say, yes. Well, that it because that's the moment where it blows open. Yeah. That's the moment where the multiverse is now out of control. And that's what Previous I'm to this, we've like, been on one timeline, and they've been suppressing the TVA, suppressing all the other timelines. But this is where they tell you. Like, they legitimately tell you, like, look, this is what you've been following the whole time throughout all of these Marvel movies, and now it's going to deviate everything yeah. that you've ever known of Marvel or of these characters that you followed, from here on out, everything deviates. Everything goes its own direction. Everything goes its own way. And there is a, a, a multiverse. New, like a new we've, timeline we've, to follow. We've said there's a whole new timeline that you have to follow of multiple different paths, yeah. of multiple, multiple different characters, and everything is going to hinge off of this one moment that we just watched in a show. Yeah, and ultimately, it seems like at some point that access to that multiverse is going to need to be destroyed. But when you watch it, you don't you don't necessarily have this big moment of awe, like this big moment. You don't. Of, you, don't. you don't get that build up like Big Bang at the end. You don't. But but when you think back, or when you look back at what's going on, and we talk about it right now, now you realize, holy crap. Yeah, now but this is split off into a a whole new thing that is going to blow up everything we've ever known. Right now, we can do and, every comic book story that's ever been done. It's a genius move, and it's coming. <laughs> and we know now, we know now a hundred percent that everything we've ever thought was not possible is possible coming forward. Right with Marvel, it's coming forward, and it's going to be like just smashed in our face. Because what we never thought was possible, or we never thought was possible in a, like a TV series or a movie, is going to be smashed in our face very fast. 
Yeah, so, it's going to build up, and it's going to be the same thing with a with an Infinity War Endgame type end. But but we've had to wait, like we've had to wait for these like small moments, like the TV shows feel like small moments, and then all of a sudden they blow open, yeah, that, like a big hole. And that's and the then, genius of it. And the movies are going to blow open a bigger hole, and I, I don't know if my mind can handle it. I think the movies are going to deal more with. Um, smaller stories at first same way they did in the first round um do you think i think they're gonna open up with big shit like big well spider-man's certainly gonna be in our um, face yeah it's gonna be i don't know i don't know if they'll focus on the kang timeline for a while but not bringing him out as the main villain just yet i don't know if we're gonna be able to handle uh dr strange yeah and the multiverse of madness it's literally called we know the name of it it's called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Like, I, w- w- when they released that name of the movie, I thought, oh, okay, yeah, that seems cr- crazy. Now I know it's it's going to blow everything wide open. Like, yeah. we, we have no idea what's coming towards us. We have no idea what they're going to give us. Nolan said, I think this is probably my favorite of the three Disney Plus shows. Loki and Loki having dinner on the ship. The Wonder, that no kidding. Yeah, it was. Uh, the Wonder was produced in the same way the Mandalorian was. LED backgrounds, so in the same. Remember how they did that, like in a room. Yeah, around, yeah, yeah. Uh, Unreal systems. Uh, so they used a video game engine for that um, during the last scene, episode four. So yeah. So uh, let me let me do the positives and negatives of the show because obviously it's my favorite of them all. I yep. loved it. Yeah, I love the repercussions. We've covered that. Owen Wilson was just a standout here. Fantastic. That, yes. That Maybe his best what performance it, in anything. I don't know. What he had to do wasn't necessarily like groundbreaking in the end of that's what, what the made show it was so going great. to be. But that's, yes, that's what made it so great. His character wasn't necessarily what's going to affect the end of the show. But that dude, it was much more than a wow yeah. guy. So I, this is going to be a controversial one. I wasn't blown away by Tom Hiddleston and his acting. Um, a no, lot of it felt listen little cheesy and a little bit just. It was a tick off, which I know there maybe we're going for. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. It just it felt to me like no. sometimes his acting took me out of it. I don't think he was a tick off. I think that's exactly the way they planned it. He was I almost think- a little childlike. Um, but I mean, I get, I get that but that's underst- partially the character. Understand the scenario he's in. Yeah, it's wild. That's what you have to understand. Like the un, like him as being a variant. You know, like him being a variant of whoever he is. Like at at the beginning of the show, he doesn't understand he's a variant. In the middle of the show, he finally figures out he's like a variant of himself. Right. And then by the end of the show, he understands he's a variant that can continue on. Right. He doesn't and, d- and, doomed. And, and he's not the variant that will ultimately die. Right. Which w- will happen and has happened. And he knows that. Right. I don't think his, to me, his character didn't blow me off or, or set me off in any way. It wasn't the character. It was the acting. Specifically, uh, I'm talking about the acting. I don't feel that way at all. Um. I did obviously. I loved my favorite episode. Probably was the one um, where they introduced all the other Loki variants on the planet surface, like oh, the yeah. alligator one, and the, and the ending where the old Loki 
like uses all of his power to sacrifice himself. I mean, it's a, it's a great moment, and those, there's some great it's acting. The last episode. No, right? it's, it's not the last episode. It's like maybe the one before the last Second episode. Last. Yeah. Um, the female Loki variant. Um, she's great. I thought she was great. Yeah. There's been a lot of like ragging on her in the media, and I don't. I'm not sure why. Uh, but I enjoyed that character. Obviously, it's it's wild because they're in love with each other and then the same person. Right. Um, or they're not in love with each other. We don't really know. I you mean, know? I don't know how you can rag on any of those characters. I think they did phenomenal for what they were doing. It was a weird, weird script for sure. I loved the reveal of the timekeepers being androids. Yeah, and fake. And puppets. What My favorite thing about this show and this is why i loved it so much because I, I said earlier it's right up my alley it's right up my alley because i am obsessed with branching timelines and like every decision you make spawns a new timeline yeah an infinite an infinite amount oh no i knew this was going to be right and we've right. talked about this before we and i said you know somewhere there's a version of this podcast and we're both ducks i would prefer to be an ostrich that exists too all of it exists because it's infinite because the branching timelines are infinite so that's that. That is just a, a that's topic. what this is. That's a topic that's interesting. That's to me. what the move. That's what the, the. I keep saying movie, but it's a TV show. That's what each episode was. Each episode was something so different. Yeah, and like, and by the way, it hasn't been officially confirmed that we're getting Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the next Spider-Man movie. There's I a thought lot, it was. There's a lot of talk about it. It's not been officially confirmed. Mm. I think it has been a cur- uh, confirmed that we are getting. Um, Daredevil. Yes. So that could be a completely different timeline. And maybe that's why they don't really mention... They do mention the events of New York, though, in that show. So maybe I guess that would be the same timeline. Right. It um, would be. But now this is a different timeline. Potentially. Or it's not. We don't know. They well, could go back to the other timeline. Spoilers. This is, again, all spoilers. So if you don't want to hear about the end of Loki... Don't listen to this right now. But at the end of the last episode of Loki, when he comes back and he talks to um, Owen Wilson and the other timekeepers, and he's like, you know, coming back to him and saying, like, we got to, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's he says something to him that they should know. And they look at him as like, they don't know who he is. Have no idea who he is. Yeah, because he's. And a, they said he's in a different timeline. Are you a timekeeper? Yeah, he's in a different timeline. That does not mean that the other characters are in a different timeline. I know that he's going to be crossing the timeline to try and recruit people over to help the war. But he already has. He already has crossed the timeline, and that's when you realize. But he has a way to cross timelines now. I know, but he's the only one though. You got to remember that. I, I do know that. I'm saying, like, at the end of that episode. He has already crossed over to a new timeline with new people that are the same that he knew before. He didn't know he crossed over timelines until he said that one word or like the one sentence to those people that he had seen before, which is Owen Wilson. And he's he's yelling at them. And then he sees the statue of Kang. And that's when you realize like, holy crap, we're in a whole new timeline. And that's when Loki has to do his new work. Yeah. Like that's when all of the new work starts. But his new work is going to be recruiting to defeat Kang. But it's it's so big. Yeah. Like everything that he's now he just 
did something that was so big to begin with at the end of this show, and he's thrown into a whole new timeline that just restarts all of it. And he's got to do something so big all over again. And it's like, but how, here's what I think is going to happen. How do you restart? I that? think in the movie universe, we're going to continue on the old timeline and the new timeline is going to bleed in. So it Loki's going to be bleeding it in. He, he, maybe somebody pops in. Whoa, we need help. And they're gone. It, you know, or you something can't like that. pick up. You cannot pick up the movie universe off, off of the end of the timeline of Loki. Absolutely not. No, it's got to be off of bleeding timelines off of those variants. Nolan says, will we see Kang in the immortals? My thought on that is no. I think Kang is not going to be seen outside of post credit scenes. No, for a while yet. Not until uh, you get, I think you will see it in Dr. Strange. I think you will get the same treatment that we got with Thanos, where there's going to be a slew of movies where a post credit scene is going to involve Kang, but he's not going to be the main villain. Listen, that, that, uh, the guy that played Kang in Loki, it, was cast in um, Doctor Strange before he was ever cast in Loki. Right. Well, you got to remember they had to delay Loki. I understand that, but he was cast in Doctor Strange as that character before he was cast as that character in Loki. Yeah. So all of it is hinging off of that movie. You got to understand, too, there's uh, infinite amounts of variants of that character. (laughs) <laughs> you're right and it and it is it's been written that it is a different type of king yeah so king the conqueror has multiple i mean in the comic book world has multiple different variants and multiple different characters but they cast him as a certain king the conqueror in uh dr strange movie and once they saw his acting and and this is written you can look it up you can google it they saw what he was doing in that movie and they said, hey, we have a part for you in this show. Would you like to do it? And he agreed to it. And then they wrote the Kang character off of that. Yeah. So there's a big tie in there. Yeah, for sure. Huge tie in there. Well, and I think. He's going to be the next Thanos. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Right. I mean, which is rightfully so because it's a huge character. But each in the of Marvel those universe. individual movies are still going to have their own individual villains that need to be thwarted. And I think it's going to all come together in post-credit scenes until we get an Infinity War type thing where, oh, here's Thanos. And listen, they've asked me to write for them for years now. And I can't say what I have or have not done. But, you know, it's tied in. Gotcha. So. All right, let's move off Loki and move down the road. You got uh, one that we have both enjoyed? Tomorrow War. Oh, Tomorrow War. Yes, I forgot about this one. This is a... um, Chris Pratt. Yes. Amazon movie. A Chris Pratt Amazon movie. Um, it was a big deal. Like they promoted Huge deal. this. Big budget, big big everything. Yeah, they they put a lot of money towards this movie and they promoted it as such as being a big budget budget movie. I don't know if it came out in theaters. Does, it it did yeah? not. No. This was a this is always gonna be a streaming movie on Amazon only. Always. Um okay. I think I will get to why I believe that is the case. Um I watched it right away. It's been out for As a while, about yeah. a month ago. Um, I, I think we watched it around the same time, and so I don't, I don't remember all the bits and pieces. So it's not going to be a great blow by blow, but I can give you my thoughts on it, and and I will too. Let me say real quick that uh, I had talked about it on the podcast prior to it releasing, 
And when I first found out that it was going to release Amazon only um, and what it was, and we gave a synopsis of what this movie was probably, I don't know, three to four episodes ago. Uh, And I was very excited for it because it looked incredible Um, for it being in a streaming only type movie because what we've got so far from streaming only type movies from Netflix and Amazon and uh, HBO max or Warner brothers or whatever have been to, in my opinion. And I think yours have been lesser than, yeah. Um, I thought bright was pretty good with Will Smith, but long ago, yeah. that was like one of the first ones. Yeah. That was like and the it, first one and it did very well, but everything from then on has been a little bit lesser than what you would find in a theater, and I was disappointed. What do you think about this movie? First of all, no one said Marvel rejected all of Jerry's scripts because every time a hero got into trouble, he just wrote, and the hero flexes. I mean, it's not my fault that they didn't like that part of the script, but I feel like it could have been. Yeah. You know, what could it have been? Have you have you ever seen a, a hero really flex it out? Yeah, flex Mentello. He doesn't count. <laughs> All right, tomorrow. War. Um, here's my. Uh, I had a great, great analogy on this movie that I can't quite remember. It's like a mix between like a Starship Troopers it is, and like a big budget action movie. It right? is the modern day Starship kind Troopers, of. Um, without the without the the adherence to the science fiction genre, maybe. Yeah, like a a big budget alien movie mixed with Starship Troopers. Anyway. Long story short, this movie is complete dog shit. Um, it is fun. It is a popcorn flick that is fine to watch. I can't tell you you won't enjoy it. A lot of people will enjoy it. It's a fun action movie. Yeah. If you peel off any layer on that onion, you're going to be left with a world of misery because below that surface, there is nothing, there is nothing going on here. There's terrible acting. There is terrible plot writing. There is, this movie is like a computer AI wrote a movie. It's like they said, analyze all these movies and let's do every trope that ever existed. And let's put it in this AI machine and it's going to automatically come out with what, it, uh, what a computer would think a hit Chris Pratt movie would be. Because it just hits every trope and you see everyone coming a mile away. It is a train wreck. And that's why I don't believe it was released in theaters. I know. And I didn't want to hear you say all of those things. I didn't want to say those things for myself. I didn't want to believe that this movie could be what you just said it was going to be. Because when I saw the, uh, the trailer, I honestly had high hopes. I did. I thought it was going to be something. Yeah, it looked cool. I thought it was going to be something that Amazon could release as a you know a straight to streaming movie that was going to be something different that I was going to really really enjoy and I'm not going to say I didn't necessarily enjoy it I'm not saying I didn't necessarily was. enjoy it for what it was a yeah. popcorn action pick the, the action's great I watched it late at night with nobody else around because I didn't I knew Amy wasn't going to like it I knew my kids couldn't watch it and you're right. Like every single aspect of this movie, I eat. I I saw coming first off, 
like I saw every portion of this movie that was like supposed to be a big mind bending portion of the movie that you would never believe could happen to these people. It was just so like I could have written this out tomorrow. It's a paint by numbers, man. It is a paint by numbers. It was like the, um, what's that Will Smith movie, uh, that has the day Walker people in it. I am legend. I am legend. I love that movie. Yeah, but it it was like the same type of. I don't. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think no. there's. I, I think I Am Legend is a pretty smart movie. Um, I'm not saying it's the same as I Am Legend. I'm saying the 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 mean people are like that, plus a starship starship trooper type bad guy. Like it's similar to both of those characters, and they have to defeat the same character in the same time frame um, between the I am legend type like guys and the alien bug type uh, like starship trooper type things. But there's nothing that surprises you. I just, nothing of this movie surprises you in the, in the least. It's just, it baffles my mind because it's such an interesting premise, right? The future is going to go back in the past and recruit everybody to yeah. fight a war that's going to destroy their inevitable future, not only destroying the future, but destroying the past at the same time. I mean, it's a brilliant idea. Sounds good. It doesn't work. It sounds good. It just doesn't work. And uh, it works as an action movie, but it wanted to be more, and it didn't achieve it. In the beginning, I was in. Yeah, I was in at the beginning for sure. The The very beginning of this movie, I was like, man, all right, I'm in, I'm in. And then they got into the fight. And I don't know, like it just unraveled. Every single moment of the the big reveals just unraveled the movie. And I love Chris Pratt. I think he did a good job. He did a good job. Um, I think most of the actors did a good job. They just didn't have much to work with. No. No. So I it, personally, if it's me, uh, if if you're looking for a dumb action movie, fine. If That's you're looking you're for anything get. else, skip it. No, that's all you're going to get is a dumb action movie with Chris Pratt in it, and you might enjoy him, but, boy, you're not going to get much other and, than and how, that. And, and the ending just falls so flat, oh, it's too. it's so simple. It's, it's just a simple movie. But it doesn't even do what you want it to do at no. the end. No, it doesn't. He goes back, and he doesn't remember the formula or whatever no. it is. It's just like, it, what... Is baffling. He's fighting with his they, daughter, and uh, it's just, it, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. And that's why it didn't go to theaters. Somebody made that movie. Amazon, made, or somebody made that movie. And some studio made it and said, this movie is a heaping pile of garbage. Hey, Amazon, uh, can we cut our losses? Will you pay us $100 million for this movie? Oh, they said, hey, Amazon, Chris Pratt. And they Amazon movie. said, we can get a $300 million budgeted movie for $100 million? Deal. Deal. Sold. We need that content, right? We're a trillion dollar company. We're gonna make a hundred million off of this for streaming. Well, they I don't know. It's free. It's free. So, did it drive subscribers? No, not to Amazon. But Amazon has to release content to justify. I bet you it brought in like a significant number. You think it brought in new subscribers? Yeah. Everybody already subscribes to Amazon. No, I bet you it did. Amazon's got a long history of great shows, so this ain't the end of the world. It's just. It just didn't work. It just didn't work. That's no, it. 
It it didn't. And we don't need to talk about it too much more because it's not worth it. No, you're right. Let's move on. Um, I have a documentary I watched. Okay. Uh, that you probably didn't no. watch. Um, and it's about Andre the Giant. Okay. Do you know about him? I do. I know quite a bit about him. Um, I watched the show also uh, that The Rock has called Young Rock, and he's a character on that show as well. Really? Mm-hmm. They give well, you a lot of backstory, too. Okay. So they have a huge documentary. It's about an hour and a half long on Netflix about Andre the Giant and his career um, prior to wrestling, during wrestling, and then like his ultimate demise. And um, it was really, really interesting. Um, it's a lot of things you already know. It's nothing that's going to blow you out of the water. But I thought it was super interesting to learn about a guy that um, we see as this huge novelty character, right? And then you understand, like, it's an actual human being. And I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people to understand. Yeah. Is that this big, giant man that we look at as being almost a cartoon or a, a, a movie um, created character as being an actual human being. And then and his life growing up and his, uh, you know, some, his deformities, like being a, a giant human being. And he wasn't necessarily that big. He was honestly only seven foot two. And there's a lot of basketball players that are that size or bigger right, right now. But his body itself grew bigger than a lot of those people. Right. And he weighed over 500 pounds. You know, like he was a giant of a man. Um, But learning about the disabilities of him traveling and how he had to be a sideshow his entire life. His entire life was a sideshow. And then he had to travel on regular flights in regular seats that didn't fit him. He could never sleep regularly like a normal human being. And like learning that stuff made it really sad. Yeah. It made it really sad to learn about this man that um, couldn't live a normal life. And every person that was close to him, like he loved being the character of Andre, Andre the Giant. He loved being the person that everybody looked at and he loved making people smile and, uh, he was a, a a a very genuine happy man uh but living the life that he had and the struggles that he had all he kept saying was like i want to be like a normal sized person which you would agree with right like, yeah like you could understand where you want to sleep in a normal sized bed i don't think you anybody wanna... wants to be freakish but you don't really understand it right no you know, like you never really understand it. And you look at a man as being a novelty type character. But that's his life, you know, and it, it was really cool to see. And some of the big stories of him that you hear about that you think are fake aren't. And and this documentary really lays it out as to how true a lot of those stories were. And there was one uh, it kind of stood out in my mind that where when he was traveling with like the uh 
the wrestling federation or whatever it was called at the time, like the WWF or whatever it was when he was wrestling full time all the time, he would, he drank a lot. Like that was a big problem. His was alcoholism, but he would get back to the hotel and they would drink a lot. And he passed out in the lobby a couple times where he would just lay flat, just lay out in the lobby, pass out on the floor, laying there before they ever went up in the elevator, before he ever got in the room. And all of these uh, hotels, would like the managers would come forward yelling at all of the handlers for Andre the Giant, and his best friend was one of the handlers, and they'd always yell at him and say, you need to get him into his room. He can't stay here. He, 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 can't, he cannot lay here. We cannot have people laying in our lobby. And every single time he's like, okay. I understand. Like, move him. Right. Tell me how to move him. And nobody could. Like, he was just so big. Like, he'd just lay there, and they'd say, well, you need to move him. If you can show me how or teach me how, we will do it. But to this point, we've never figured out a way to, like, get this man to do whatever we need him to do. Right. Whenever he figured out that he was done, uh, this is he's just going to lay right here. And then they'd all go to sleep. They'd wake up in the morning, and he'd be laying in the same place. And they'd wake him up, and they'd go do the same thing the next day. And it was unbelievable, like, what this man lived through. The, what, what is this on? Because I, I would watch this. It's on Netflix. Netflix. Cool. It's called Andre. That's all it's called is Andre. Cool. And and oh. it is very, very fun to watch and a good documentary. I, I will definitely check it out because I'm, I'm really interested in him. Um, so all of the wrestlers that you could ever imagine that are still alive are on this documentary and they all have stories about um true stories about what he did as a person because a lot of them like even vince mcmahon that owns the wwe right now started out when um andre was like a baby in the in the universe you know like in that culture he grew up with this man because they're around the same age and it's it's fun. I, it was really fun to understand, like, a person that you look at as this, like, almost, like, storybook character. Like, yeah. I looked at him as a storybook character that I saw in a couple movies and heard stories about. But this really descripted his life a lot better. And it was awesome. Yeah. I think it's really fun to watch. Cool. About, uh, it's about an hour and a half. Um. Okay, so one quick aside note here. I am... Um, fading fast from this vaccine <laughs> um I, I i i maybe can do one more um but i like it's kicking in to oh the effect gosh. of i need to get out of here You're so dying. <laughs> can we talk about ted lasso real quick oh yes and absolutely. then and then we'll wrap this thing up yep so ted lasso season two started um there's only been now there as a second episode out today um friday if you're watching live it'd be a couple days ago if you're listening to the podcast um but in honor of that, I, Marley had never seen season one. What? Even though I've been telling her. What is she her. doing? I know. I've been telling her. Um, so I said, hey, well, let's rewatch season one, and then you'll be caught up to speed, and we'll go right into season two. And she's she was not that interested. She wasn't mm. excited about that prospect. Mm. And I, I kept telling her, I go, I'm telling you, the show is incredible. And so obviously she adored it. Of course. And she's 100 percent But I just want to I want to comment on my experience of rewatching this show that I just watched 
maybe six months ago. Yeah. Um, it was just as good the second time around as it was the first. Yep. I picked up on a couple more things now that I'd seen it before. It, it, it is a little slow in the first three or four episodes. I agree. Um, and Marley even commented on that. She's like, I'm like, I'm like, I kept saying, just wait, just give it one more episode. Give it one more episode. And it took about four, right? And, um, but I will maintain after rewatching it, especially the second half of that season where I'm bawling like a freaking child. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And Marley, by the way, no emotion towards that show. Just loved it. We'd go over, uh, home for our lunch break, you know? We'd watch yeah. a couple episodes, and I'd be crying. And she had nothing. And no, I mean, she's like, oh, yeah, that was great. And I'm like, did you hear that? Were you watching? The, what? She still Ooh. loved it, though. Wow. Um, I will maintain, I think I said it before, this is, in my opinion, one of the top 10 greatest TV shows maybe ever. Top I, 20 for sure. To be honest, I agree. Um. And it's because not only of the emotional resonance, but because of what it stands for. And it doesn't take the easy path, right, towards negativity. It, and I told Marley this. It, going to the last episode, I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? And she tells me what she thinks is going to happen. And Well, a couple in. And she goes, I think Rebecca and Ted are going to fall in love. And then he hooked up with her friend. And she hooked up with somebody else. And it's going to be. And I go, you got to remember the show you're watching. Yeah. Unfettered optimism. You know, and real human emotion. I, I love that explanation. And yeah. and honestly, that was the easy path. She saw that path because she's seen that path a thousand times and before. You th- and you think that's what the real world is. Like and, and you, that, you assume and that it the real world is negative. Or maybe it is the real world. But we've seen that a million times before. And they didn't do it. They took the hard path. I know. And so I adored rewatching season one. I watched the first episode of season two. I have maintained also, I've said this before, I'm very concerned with how they can keep up the quality of the show when they've spent so much capital in their story, right? They spent all these heavy storylines, right? They dealt with them. And now they're in a new place. And I've just been saying and thinking, I'm like, I don't understand where they can go from here other than the obvious, right? Okay, now they march back and win and get back into the league. That's the obvious. And that's probably what's yeah, going to happen. I'm sure that will happen. But I don't know where they can get the emotionally heavy storylines of uh, Roy and whatever her name is. Uh, and, you still have them. Though. And Rebecca and her ex-husband but and Ted st- and his ex-wife. I don't know where that all fits in. It, you still have them. But they've been resolved, right? That's why. Not they- necessarily. Not all of them have been absolutely resolved. They were resolved for a moment. And then now you have... Uh, the new season where it's coming and you, and you see in the first episode where it can affect certain characters that you thought were un like unwavering, you know, like certain characters that you thought were never going to have a problem. Obviously there's a resolution to be made with Jamie Tart that was set up. And then you're going to have Jamie come back, back in the fold. You're going to have Ted. I mean, Ted himself as a manager is going to have to deal with, 100% of whatever happens with that team, regardless of what well, it is. And also, is. he never really resolved his personal life all no, that much. It was never brought up. Like, you see what happens in his life, but it was never resolved. There is so many moments to point out in the first season, uh, and I'm going to miss a bunch, but there is one I'm going to point out specifically, and that is the moment when they're in the karaoke bar, and it's a, res- it's a res- resolving moment for the team. Yep. It's a resolving moment for Rebecca. 
Yeah, the owner. And she gets up there and she starts singing Frozen. And then you get going flash into Roy and he's mouthing the words because he really loves his niece and all this stuff. And then Ted has the mental breakdown. Yeah. And they and he leaves the they film it so great. I wish they would have done one other thing. I wish they would have put the camera right in his face and had him kind of whirling through the crowd like they did in that show selfie. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Um and it just pays off so spectacularly, you know, this positive character Outside. just having this mental breakdown. And, and it's and it's a really affecting scene, I think. But there's more than that. There's several other ones. I mean, I do love the scene. I mean, there's a couple other just sweet scenes, you know, when Keely and, and Roy are home and he's upset that he's going to be retiring, basically. Yeah. And they, she calls the niece over and she's like, what do you know about your uncle? And he doesn't. she doesn't mention anything about he likes ice cream. He loves me. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a nice moment as well. So season two, I love the first episode. I thought it was great. It wasn't anything groundbreaking. So I don't know if it's going to be off to a little bit of a slow start, but there was a, a scene in it that you pointed out that was, um, it affected me because of the intro, like the intro monologue. Um, I, what I was dealing with, like in my life and things that have happened recently because of my mom passing away. Um, and the things that he had said, like during his monologue, like really struck home. And and I rewatched um, it after you mentioned that. And it was, it's a very powerful scene. I actually paused it afterwards. And, you know, I didn't really catch it that well the first time around. I think because I was just so caught up in the excitement. I could understand where you wouldn't. Um, and I mean, I heard it. I enjoyed it. But I was caught up in the excitement of the show. What's next? What's next? Yeah. Then I knew it was next. And then I rewatched it with Marley. And we both are like pausing. We're just like, whoa. Yeah. You know? It, it. I and I watched it, you know, living the life that I was in at the moment, um, and I heard what he had said, and I stopped it, rewound it, listened to it again, and I was like, I can't believe a show like this can put out this quality of like, writing, writing, acting, yeah, yeah. performance. Jason Sudeikis is a freaking I, I don't even know, and it's so pure. It like is. It, it it came across so pure. It honestly felt like a man in front of me. Like it, it felt like I went to counseling. He's I, such a so- unbelievable it, actor. You know that? To, maybe maybe to, this sounds cheesy. Maybe it sounds cheesy to say like I, I that I went to counseling and like listened to a counselor talk to me about a TV show. But I'm serious. Like if you watch the first episode of this show and it's literally within the first 5 minutes of the opening scene of what Jason Sudeikis says, like the Ted Lasso, of what he says in the in the beginning, and honestly, I can't even recite it for you. I don't. I don't necessarily remember word for word what he says. I just remember that it resonated so much about losing someone in your life and yeah. uh, about continuing on, uh, or or losing anything in your life because at that point they're talking about football or a dog, uh, a dog, yeah, um, and it just. It hit me, and I texted you right away, and I was like, man. like, I watched it like three times after I texted you, and I was like, man, the opening monologue of Ted Lasso just, I mean, it was like a kick in the balls. Yeah. In a good way. In a good way in that, like, it was remembering people. Um, It's also like letting go of your past, and it's also like going forward in your life and it blew me absolutely it, it absolutely blew me away 
and all they were talking about was a dog mascot. Right. Well, <laughs> that's not what his story was about. No, but, but he was he was at the end of the day it to his it, life. It it, re- it was because they lost a dog that a dog died, and he was relating it to all of life. And man, I can't appreciate that show more. Than I do. I, I, I'm in for every single thing that this show gives us. And maybe it is a little slow, the first three to four episodes of the first season. But I tell you what, put the time in, put the investment in, because it just makes me. I mean, and, you're and ju- everybody, when they have success, it, you, you root for them so hard so that when they have success, you're jumping onto your chair, just like you're a fan in that town, right? That town that's been, you know, walked all over. Yeah. You know, that, that, the that family that's been walked all over. The, the man that's the been walked all over. The man himself. Like the, it's called Ted Lasso for a reason. And the show hinges on this man. Yeah. And and you're you're literally living your life through this man's eyes of the absolute catastrophe of what he has to deal with as a manager, basically. And, and in his personal life. And I tell you what, any one of you, no matter what, portion of your life you're in whatever season you're in whatever you're doing in your life i guarantee you you can relate something in your life to what's going on in this show and it will make you happy it'll make you happy and i almost feel like it'll just make you a better person confident it'll make you confident in what you need to do next it'll make you happy in what where you're in in your life and it'll make you okay with what's happened in the past the, it's weird to say that the biggest trend in television know. over the last several years has been cynicism right a lot of negativity a lot of shows with real quick sharp-witted cynics right yeah um all over the place and you know i think like Shit's creek does a good job of having the cynicism and then giving you more and that and that's good but this and is that's, on a whole other level because okay. it's anti-cynicism Right, it's the complete opposite of that. It's the complete opposite of the biting wit of all these FX shows, comedies, or AMC comedies that come out that are like small shows with really snarky, yeah, negative people that you're laughing. It's funny; they're good shows, it, it, and you do enjoy that, and you enjoy it. But they don't make you a better person. But you know what happens? They actually, I think, mentally probably affect you. Right? They drag you down into that cynicism, and that is a hundred percent different of this show. So you look at it and you want that. You want that snarky cynicism. You want to be so cool, right? In, in, but you want to be involved with that, and you want to say like, "Yeah, like I don't like this." But this show and Ted Lasso himself as a character is so abruptly opposite of that, yeah, and positive, and and it shows you where you are wrong in thinking that. And, and honestly, it. You're 100% right when you say that these shows, they make you want to be that because it's cool. Yeah. Because our society has deemed that that's what's cool, right? Have the snarky remark, remark on Twitter. Be the asshole to that guy. Make fun of that guy. They, so, they think it's cool. And they play Ted Lasso off as the opposite, but as a doofus, right? You don't want to be like this doofus. But you have Rebecca, like the owner of the team, that is like the forefront of what you want to be or the... The forefront of what you expect of what uh, right, like society is. That's what it feels like in the first four episodes. That's what the show is. Look yep. at this dumb doofus and all these people being snarky behind his back. Yes. 
That's what it is. And then it just turns it on its head. And and it shows what goodness, kindness, and genuine... Like way of life. A, a, you know? a genuine way of life can change the outlook of so many people around you. And that's why I told you, I had texted you at the beginning of that show last year when I first started watching it. And I was like, man, I feel like this is like my management career because I came into a situation that felt like that to me. I think felt like all, a lot of us are in that situation right now. Everyone is. I feel like everyone is. And all I want to be is a good person. All I want to be, take that for what you is for what it is. Like, what I am, I, I, whether you believe it or not, I don't care. It doesn't matter. All I want to be is like a good person to all uh, most people. Like I just want to do good things and I want to be nice. I want to be funny. I want to be the jokester. If you think of me as the jokester, that's fine. But at the end of the day, like let's just have fun and be good to all people. And I think the thing that, that is Ted last show helps to point out is that's not easy. It is not easy to be like that. And also, it shows his own personal life crumbling, right? And the perseverance to continue yeah. to have that truth in his, in his, and that goodness. And, you know, and what I also like about it, and I, I'm not trying to make any statement here, but they don't do it. There's things that do that, but it always goes back to religion. It does. Rightly so. Yeah. But they don't do that in this show. They show, they sh- you know, they don't really address that, you know, It doesn't that necessarily much. have to do that. I mean, it doesn't, and that's what I'm you, saying. I I think that I that's one reason why I think it's original, is that it's like, hey, this person just does it because he does it because this person has the ultimate perseverance to believe in something. And I do love this scene. There's a scene where Coach Beard and him get into a fight in a, in the bar, mm-hmm. oh, not, an argument, and and he's like, listen, this is about happiness and joy, and we got to build these kids up and blah blah blah. And he's had enough. He's like, we need to win. He screams at him. He's like, we need to win. These are professionals. These are not college players. I agreed with your mission there, but we're here, and we need to win. But then it takes a twist. It's like, just because you need to do what it takes doesn't mean you have to do it in a horrible way. And that's that's when it brings in that whole thing between him and Roy and how they work that out. Mm-hmm. And he works it out. They each work it out individually, mm-hmm. and then they come together and work it out. And you see that like you, you can have your cake and eat it too. You can Everyone can be good. Yeah. Everyone can be a good person in their own way. I don't care what you believe. You don't care what I believe. I don't care what anyone next to me believes. We can all be good people in our own way, regardless of what we do. Yeah. And this is the show. This is why I love it so much. And this is why I recommend every single person that hears our voice, watch this show. Please. You won't hate it. You will love it. And even if you feel indifferent on it. I guarantee you, you won't look at it negatively. That's the great thing is even if you're not, if you're not getting what we got out of it, it's still a fun, funny show. It will never be something that you say awful. No, I can't, can't imagine watch anybody that. saying that. It, it's not possible. Because I've told I, a million people and a million people that I've told have watched it and every single one of them has come back and said, holy shit, you were right. To be honest, if any of you can come back with an awful review... I would love to hear it. I would love to hear it too. I would love. Maybe to hear we're missing a take. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. This is this is what I'm saying. I would love to for you to come on the show personally, or we or call in whatever you want to do. However it is, wherever you are in the world, I want you to call in and tell us why we're wrong on this show. Because I just, I don't feel like you can. 
I just hope they can make season two as interesting. That's my only thing. And you know what? Like the first episode was blase. It was fine, but it wasn't what I would say. Like very neutral, safe, very safe. But then again, the beginning of the show was as well. Yeah. And I, I, I did expect that from the beginning of the second season because you have to, um, you they, have to write in. They take their time setting things up. But you have to write that into the season. You have to write in how you feel. And it, ta- and it pays to set stuff up because the payoffs are huge. You can't feel something off of the first episode. You can't. It's going to take three episodes for you to feel what those characters feel no matter what. I, I, it does. It, More than you, that probably, but yeah. You know what I mean, though? Yes. Like it's the second half of that season. That's where the payoffs all happen. You have to write that story out for at least three episodes before you really feel something to want to follow. You want to follow that story. You want to feel what they're feeling. You want to understand the outcome. You want to understand the negative, positive, whatever it is. Like it's not going to happen in the first episode. So we get this first episode in the second season, and it's neutral to us at this point yeah absolutely do not skip the first season no that would be a travesty nolan says okay i guess i'm trying out the apple plus free trial yes sir yes you are um guys i've hit my limit yes i need to go home and go to bed and lay there for a long time and i'm gonna go home and uh um my sister left today so see you katie thank you for visiting but i finally have a home with just me and my my wife and family, and I'm gonna watch my show like I normally do on my couch. I can't watch Ted Lasso because now I have to wait for Marley. And I'm gonna go to bed in my bed, and I'm very happy with that. Yeah. So for um, Snarf Talk this week, and back in the action, we are back in it. I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya.